Hey guys, it is Jenna with Jenna Juxpose. I'm so excited you're here. And this week's episode is going up a little bit late. Um, I had I have an 8 a.m. on Mondays and Wednesdays. And um it like I didn't get enough sleep last night, and then I like took a nap, and then I was also like doing stuff with friends all day, and it literally slipped my mind to do my blog until like seven, and I was like, oh my gosh, but I knew exactly what I was gonna talk about because I talked about it on my Instagram story a little bit last night. If you guys follow me, um just about how as um, Christians, it's super easy to be struggling with things, but think that that like makes you a bad Christian. So you don't want to open up about it. And you think that everyone else like has it together and they don't. And it's easy to like cognitively know that. But then when you are sitting there in darkness, whether that's like physical darkness, like before you go to sleep or um, just kind of like a spiritual darkness, you feel over you and you feel like nobody understands you and you feel like you're the only one dealing with what you're dealing with. And the enemy is just lying to you and making you feel so much less than who you really are. Um, it's just really empowering to be like, okay, I'm not the only one. And not that we rejoice in other people's struggles, of course not, but like you are not the only one at the end of the day. Um, and so, yeah, my post today is called There's No Shame in the Struggle. And I have made a similar blog post to this about like the lies the enemy tells us because that was like a big thing for me at the beginning of the semester, just realizing that like, oh, these things I believe by myself literally are not true. Like, they just aren't. And my whole life, I was just like, oh, like, there's those, it, like, it felt like those were the truth, but I was just stuffing it down and then kind of covering it up with the band aid of like Bible verses and stuff like that. But I got, I took off the band aid and I was like, wait, what's under here? Like, this is not, this is a lie. Like, this is not true about me at the end of the day. Um, so that was a big realization. So I talk about that a little bit here, but it's a little bit different. So yeah, I'm really excited um, to read this to you guys. And then I'll talk a little bit more at the end as usual. Just more of my thoughts. Um, yeah. Okay. The definition of shame is, quote, a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of foolish or wrong behavior, unquote. I have fought with shame in my life in big and small ways. I'm somebody who's very, very conscious of my behavior and how other people perceive me when I make a mistake. I beat myself up for it. Then I beat myself up for beating myself up. It's a cycle that was hard for me to break for a long time until the spirit showed me how to surrender my mistakes and let myself be embraced by him instead. A, a new creation. When I find myself struggling with something, whether it's an old pattern resurfacing or a new mistake I find myself making a lot, my first instinct is to inflict myself with shame. Shame is like a poison to my spirit. It makes me feel like I've not made any progress in my life, that I'm a failure and that God doesn't love me. Yep, we're getting real today. When I get wrapped up in my shame, it's like a darkness that clothes me and causes me to miss reality, the reality of who I am, which is beautiful, unique, loved, forgiven, chosen, a new creation. And I want to focus on that last one, a new creation. Um, the New Testament talks a lot about what it means to be a new creation in light of the transformative work of the Holy Spirit and the atonement of Jesus' life, Jesus' death on the cross, but soon life, of course, just misspoke there. Um, Paul in his letter to the Corinthians says, Quote, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, a new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here, unquote. Did you hear that? The old is gone. The enemy likes to bring up our past struggles and sins and use them against us as if they have any weight. He wants to distract you from who you used to be so that you'll be too distracted to keep becoming who God created you to be. I'm going to say that again. He wants to distract you with who you used to be so that you will be too distracted to keep becoming who God created you to be. His strategy is to keep your eyes on the rearview mirror so that you do not see all that's in front of you. If only we knew how much anger causes the enemy to see us accepting ourselves as people who aren't perfect, but who are made righteous in the sight of God by Jesus. By Jesus. 
He wants to trick you into thinking your righteousness can be tainted by your struggle. Spoiler alert, it can't. A friend told me and my other friend I was with this week that Satan is jealous of our beauty. I was like, what? I had never heard it that way before. Um, Our intrinsic beauty, how we're image bearers and look like Christ tangibly here on earth in the here and now. He hates that because it's not who he, who he is. He is so intimidated on how you could impact the kingdom for his enemy, which is Christ, um, that he's going to count on keep kicking you down while you're up, even on the small things. He's going to keep trying to keep you to focus on all what you that you've done wrong as if you haven't been washed clean by the blood of Christ already. And why we don't have to have shame. When God sees us, he sees the righteousness of Jesus because of what he did on the cross. He doesn't see us struggling with sin or worry or anxiety or fear and think less of us. He sees our struggle, comforts us, wants to continually remind us that in him we find rest despite the world we live in. He sees us and knows that because of the fall, of course, we're going to struggle. In him, we are a new creation, just like Paul says. And as that new creation, we are called to a higher standard of living. But we when we inevitably fall short, he's not casting stones at us. He's embracing us. And the enemy is counting on you to keep the lies he tells you inside and the mistakes you're falling into or your worst fears inside your head. When in reality, once those words leave your mouth, the weight of them will leave you too. Because once you look at the face of shame... Once you look in the face of shame the enemy is trying to inflict upon you, you will realize something. It's an illusion. Behind it is a trembling, scared, jealous being who wishes so desperately that he could be you, but he can't. So just like any other bully, he tries to make you see the worst in yourself by putting you down. But when we realize that Jesus accepts us at our worst, we have nothing to worry about. You're not alone. I think there's this misconception within Christianity that if you struggle, you're somehow not a strong enough Christian, um, when the reality, everybody's struggling, and some of us are just more open about it than others. And when we are open about it, the beauty of authenticity is that it invites other people to be open about it too. So uh, my challenge to you all this week is to find somebody in your life that you can share the biggest thing you're struggling with right now. Yep, the biggest thing. Then turn to prayer and ask God to heal you and help you and be your advocate. I just have a feeling he'd be happy to do so. And if it takes a little while for the struggle to pass, don't be discouraged. It may take many long days, months, often years to pass until you realize how much progress you've made. And that's okay. You're held in the space by the creator. Your father is cheering you on. Promise. All love, Jenna. Okay, I did. Sometimes I'll be reading these and I will definitely slip up and say the wrong words. But thank you for your patience with my um, noob <laughs> self, basically, for lack of a better word, um, when it comes to this kind of stuff. But I am literally so passionate about like not feeling shame because there's a difference between like shame and conviction of being like, okay, let's say, um, let me try and think of an example that's good. Okay. Let's say we'll just do a, a little more extreme thing of you feel really convicted that you are having sex with your boyfriend before marriage and you feel like you need to change your actions, that's not God trying to shame you. That's him. That's the Holy Spirit in you being like, mm, this isn't right. Like we're a new creation. Like this, we don't do this. Um, That is not shame. And the enemy is just going to keep, keep literally yelling at you in your head and being like, oh, I can't believe you did this. It's telling you all the things wrong about what you did, making you feel guilt, making you feel shame. And that's not, that's not the answer. Like when we, because the Holy Spirit wants to transform us, the Holy Spirit doesn't want to shame us. So when we mess up in a big way like that, or even in a small way, like just being super impatient and rude one day and just like not being in a good mood. You know those days when you like just treat everyone not the way they deserve to be treated. Even that, just like struggling with our mental health and then like inflicting that on other people. Um, the enemy just wants you to feel shame so that you're caught in that. 
of being like, oh, well, I've already had sex. so I'm just going to keep doing it because I feel shame about it and I can't tell anyone about it because then they're going to judge me. When in reality, when you tell somebody, they can be an advocate for you, you can talk about it and you can like take steps to like not do that anymore, whatever your like convictions are. Um, and of like, we just don't want to say what is causing us shame of being like, oh, I'm really sorry. Like yesterday I was super rude because I was struggling with A, B, and C or, oh, my parents did this or, oh, my family, there's a lot going on. Um, we just have to understand that underneath like the surface level struggles that we have, there's so much like deeper things going on. And the father has so much like empathy for that. And when we share that with other people, when they are, um, when they are also embodying the Holy Spirit, they're going to be so loving and accepting of the fact that you're struggling. Cause think if you're, if your best friend went up to you and was saying the biggest thing they're struggling with, you're not going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe like you're doing that. You're going to look at them with absolute love and support and honor. And you're going to say, okay, I want to help you like be the best person you can be. And you're going to want to help them move on from their struggle, help them help be an advocate for them. Um, but yeah, I, I, Ugh, it just gets me like literally so riled up the fact that the enemy thinks that he literally has any power because he literally like in this world he does but we have something called the holy spirit living inside of us like we don't have to be i don't have to just accept that we like are getting attacked like we can be like mm, that's not true like at the end of the day that's not true and being like okay me struggling does not make me less and like i said in here it's so common i feel like in the christian community anytime i've so noticed this uh, as a biola thing Anytime someone's like, how are you? You're like, so good, doing amazing. And like, I feel like I answer that genuinely feeling the answer probably like 70% of the time. Because in the moment, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm good. Like, I'm at church or oh, I'm at Bell or oh, I'm doing this. Like, I am good. But on those days when you're not feeling good, you feel like you can't be like, mm, like, not great, honestly, even with a close friend, just because it feels like you're like killing the vibe or something just by being like real and vulnerable. But like, that is what makes our relationships like real. And that is why we like need to be in relationship with each other is because um, we need like advocates and we have advocates like in the Holy Spirit, but also like we, we have those tangibly like in other people, you know, like God is sent, will send you friends and will send you people who love you and support you. And you have your family and people who really love and care about you are going to want to hear about the really hard stuff. Um, I forgot what the beginning of that sentence was and I know it was like going somewhere that made sense, but um, yeah, I definitely, and something that really struck me. So the definition of shame I talked about at the beginning says a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. Why? There's no reason to feel a painful feeling of humiliation or distress by the consciousness of wrong and foolish behavior because the atonement of the cross, like we're good. We're okay. Obviously grace is not a license to sin, but we're covered in grace. Like we there's no reason, there's no humiliation, there's no distress when we realize our in the past we messed up, in the current we messed up, like there's n there's no shame there because we're literally covered in grace. And like as long as we're being like, God, I'm really sorry I messed up there. I'm like, I'm gonna be working to like improve on that and not just walking and being like, Well, God's gonna forgive me anyway, because like what kind of person are we gonna be formed into? if we just keep using grace as a license to sin, because at the end of the day, like that is just evidence that the Holy Spirit has not fully um, transformed that part of your yourself yet. And that's uh, your flesh talking. And you need to be like, hey, Holy Spirit, like I need you to cover like this part of my life because I still am really holding on to that. Versus once the Holy Spirit gets a hold of that, you're going to have the desires of Christ. And at the end of the day, if you believe in God, you believe that the way he thinks the world works is the way it works. Like he 
if he designed the world, he knows how human beings flourish or we flourish in his presence, but we flourish by following like, like the 10 commandments, like we flourish by following his commands and walking in the way of Jesus because he's the per he was perfect, the only perfect human being. And so when we walk in the ways that Jesus walked in, that, that is like our only hope, um, to look like Christ. Um, and of course we're going to fall short, like, of course, but just because we're going to fall short doesn't mean that we're going to not put up a fight. You know what I mean? Like struggling, let's say you're struggling with lust. You're not just going to be like, mm, I'm just going to, I, this is just a struggle for me. And you're just like, not going to fight. Like, no, like you're going to reorient your thoughts. You're going to be in prayer about that. You're going to move to action. You're going to talk to your friends about it. Like you're going to do X, Y, and Z. Um, if you're really fearful of like your future, you're going to be like, Hey, I'm not going to keep struggling with this fear. And you're going to, a lot of it is just being like, I need to saturate my mind in scripture. That's a big thing for me. Like when I struggle with worry, fear, any of that, like I need to just be like, okay, I need to spend a lot of time in the Bible today. And I need to literally fill my mind up with the thoughts of Jesus and the truth, because my own mind is like tricking me right now, honestly. And the enemy is just counting on you, like not countering it. You know what I mean? Like he's going to say something and he's going to be like, mm, your future isn't um, going to be good. Like even something like small like that or being like, oh, like what are you going to do after college? Like, oh, your major doesn't – you're not going to do anything important or oh, you're not going to make an impact, blah, blah, blah. Because if you spend years and years believing that you're never going to make an impact on the world, like that lie is going to become true because you're going to accept it as truth. But we need to look at the truth of like there's so many verses about the future um, literally none of them coming to mind right now, which is so rad, <laughs> but like they're like, we, uh, I need to work on my scripture memorization. Cause I know that right now that would really slap if I had a good verse, but like, we also are not held in like what our, um, how we are, um, succeeding in like a career and that kind of thing. And the enemy will also lie to you about that. It'll take like little things that are true and then twist them just so that they are wrong enough that we believe them. Like, of course, our vocation is important. This is just an example. Our vocation is important, but like, it's not who we are. You know what I mean? And so if you are in your eyes failing in your vocation, which oftentimes failure is like, when you fail in something, it's like, oh, I'm not good at that. Okay, I'm going to move on to this next thing. And that is a success because you're like, okay, I'm not going to waste any more time on that. When like, you know what I mean? So I think a lot of times but the enemy will be like, oh, you failed in this. So you're a failure. Like that's who you are. Like when you make a mistake, the thing the enemy does is like, oh, that's who you are. Like you're defined by that. And it's like, literally, no, like you're not, you are defined by the righteousness of Jesus. In that case, you're good. You're free to make mistakes, but you are just, you're not defined by the worst thing about you. Like Jesus saw, sees the worst stuff about you. He sees the thoughts you have, that are really ugly that you don't tell anyone about the thoughts you have about yourself, the thoughts you have about others. He sees all of that. And he's like, I love you. And that's so, so incredible. And we just need to keep reminding ourselves like Jesus loves me at the end of the day. Like Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible told me. So like literally the Bible tells us that. And like, we have to sometimes keep returning to the Bible because we've just heard so much of our life. Like Jesus loves me, but like he loves you. Like he really loves you and he sees you and he adores you and he cherishes you and all of that. And, it is late and I, it's not late. It's only 8.22 PM, but I'm just going to wrap this up. I could literally talk about this forever. Thank you guys for listening to my rambling. I love you so much. I'm praying for all of you. Um, praying that the spirit sends an advocate for you, that you can find an advocate in him as well. Um, and just know there's no shame in the struggle and that 
take this as a sign, literally take this as a sign that God sees you in your struggle. He sees that you're having a hard time and he's not holding it against you and that he wants you to come to his throne and he wants you to surrender that to him and just say, okay, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me? And he's going to help you at the end of the day. Okay. I love you all. Later.